Hello and welcome to this week's Lancet podcast. I'm Rona MacDonald and I'll be filling in for Richard Lane for the next couple of weeks while he's on holiday. This week's issue of The Lancet covers some important clinical areas, with two papers on leukaemia, one on ALL, acute lymphoblastic leukaemia, more of that later, and one on CLL, chronic lymphocytic leukaemia. Professor Daniel Katowski from the Institute of Cancer Research in the UK and colleagues studied 700-odd patients with CLL and found that the combination treatment of fludarabine plus cyclophosphamide greatly increases progression-free survival and response rates compared with single therapy with either fludarabine or chlorambucil alone. They conclude that fludarabine plus cyclophosphamide should now be the standard treatment for CLL and the basis of new protocols that incorporate monoclonal antibodies. In a different clinical area, hypertension, Professor Susanne Oparo from the University of Birmingham, Alabama and colleagues did a study on almost 1,800 patients with hypertension and found that the combination of the renin inhibitors aliskerin and valstartan at maximum recommended doses provides significantly greater reductions in blood pressure than does monotherapy with either agent alone. They conclude that the findings provide a clear rationale for further studies to investigate the potential effects of long-term treatment with the combination of aliskerin and valstartan. However, an accompanying comment is cautious. It points out that the transient increase in serum potassium may lead to some clinical risks. And if you can, check out our clinical picture this week. It shows the incredible CT scan of a man, 44 years old, married with two children, working as a civil servant, who has a tiny brain caused by a massive ventricular enlargement. It really is quite tiny. There's also a lot to debate and discuss in this week's issue. For example, in a viewpoint, Kim Mulholland from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine discusses the permanent global emergency of childhood pneumonia. Pneumonia is the most important cause of child death in the world today, but the international community isn't doing enough to tackle it. Mulholland argues that no single strategy will help and that the research and public health agendas need to address the four key areas, environment, nutrition, case management and vaccines. However, the international community has so far been obsessed with vaccines and Mulholland cautions that the introduction of vaccines should be accompanied by increased funding for the other strategies. Otherwise, we could have the absurd and tragic situation where children who once had access to basic antibiotics and oral rehydration solution for treatment of pneumonia and diarrhoea only have access to these expensive vaccines. There's also a bit of controversy in our leaders this week. The long one, Playing Politics with Public Health, discusses how former US Surgeon General Richard Carmona last week testified to Congress that he had been muzzled by the Bush administration during his term in office. Carmona testified that he'd been frequently blocked by political appointees within the Bush administration from speaking out about sensitive public health issues, including abstinence-only sex education, emergency contraception and human embryotic stem cell research. He explained that anything that didn't fit into the political appointee's ideological, theological or political agenda is often ignored, marginalised or simply buried. Our leader concludes that the Bush administration officials and those of future administrations should recognise the credibility of public health leaders is essential if they are to do their job, especially at this time of sustained threats from disease outbreaks and bioterrorism. Speaking of which, another leader looks at the situation of overseas doctors in the UK, a discriminated group who are at real risk of being discriminated against even further following the failed terrorist attacks in the UK a couple of weeks ago, where some of the suspects were doctors from overseas. 
The leader concludes that the role of overseas doctors, along with their enormous contribution that they have made to the NHS, should not be forgotten as the UK considers existing and future recruitment policies. Although criminal checks may be a necessary counter-terrorism measure, discriminating against doctors on the basis of race, religion or country of birth is certainly not. And now back to that ALL paper I mentioned earlier. I'm joined now by Professor Rob Peters from the Children's Hospital in Rotterdam, who's the lead author of the Interfant 99 study, which looks at treatment of acute lymphoblastic leukaemia in infants. Rob, can you tell us first what's the difference between ALL and infants as opposed to older children? Well, the major clinical difference is, is that infants have a much poorer prognosis or poorer outcome than older children with ALL. And that is mainly due to the fact that in their leukemia cells, they have a complete different genetic abnormality than the older children have. And why is this? Why this genetic abnormality is different, nobody knows. It's only, a, let's say, a given fact that about 80% of infants, so 80% of infants have an abnormality in the so-called MLL gene, and that's, that abnormality is present in only 1% of older children. And this having this genetic defect, that affects their clinical prognosis? Yes, that affects their prognosis. It's, it, it's known that this abnormality is related to a poorer response to chemotherapy and a poorer, let's say, a more aggressive leukemia. So these young children, these infants, present with much more tumor loads than older children do, and they respond poorer to chemotherapy and have a, a much lesser survival rate. So that's the need for Interfant 99, your study. Can you tell us a bit about it? I mean, it was a massive study that involved 22 countries. Yes, it was. Well, it goes back quite a time because in the late 90s, we were in laboratory, in our research laboratory, finding for clues why these infants did poorer on chemotherapy than the older children. And we found that by studying the sensitivity of the leukemia cells, that these infants were much more resistant to chemotherapy, to at least to several of the most important chemotherapeutic drugs than older children, than cells from older children with ALL were. But more or less as a coincidence, we found that they were much more sensitive to a specific drug that was not used in treatment very often. And based upon that finding, we, well, we had several meetings with contact persons from all the different national study groups in Europe and also outside Europe because nobody had a, any clue how to improve the chemotherapy. And based upon these laboratory findings, we developed a new protocol, and that protocol was called Indefin 99. Can you describe this protocol too? Is what were you doing differently in your study? Well, actually, it was a, a protocol based on ALL therapy, on standard ALL therapy. But on top of that, we introduced in many different courses the drug cytarabine, and that drug was was the drug that we found the infant ALL cells were so sensitive to. So we introduced on top of the, let's say, the regular treatment, different ways of cytarabine, so low dose, high dose, short infusions, long-term infusions. So that, that was the actual difference between that. And, and this was based upon the fact, on the sensitivity of the cells, but also on the concept that these infant ALL cells have many aspects that also another type of leukemia has and that other type of leukemia is called AML, so acute myeloid leukemia. And RSC or cytarabine, I must say, cytarabine is also used very often in myeloid leukemia treatment. It's actually the key drug there. So basically our protocol is an ALL protocol and on top of that AML elements, especially cytarabine.
So then what were your key findings? What group did you find did better? Well, our, the key finding of our study is the overall uh, outcome of the infant ALL because many, many countries participated and the outcome of infants with ALL in these countries before the start of this protocol ranged somewhere between 15% survival to about 40% survival. And with the new protocol, the overall outcome for all these countries together is about 50% survival. So quite an improvement. So it's it's for some countries it's an enormous improvement and for other countries it's a slight improvement and overall it's in well it's certainly an improvement for infants with ALL. And you put this down to the change in protocol and treatment protocol? Well that's in a scientific way always difficult to prove because control is in fact the historical control in all the different countries. But what we can say is that well this protocol led to a better outcome than the outcome in almost all countries before this protocol was used. So we think it's due to the design of the protocol that these children do better now. And that was with the different dose of cytarabine that they were given? Yes, different doses. On, on top of the ALL protocol, some AML treatment elements, especially the uh, cytarabine. So this sounds like positive news. So what happens now? Is this going to change prognosis for infants with ALL? Well, it has changed prognosis for many of the participating countries. So this protocol will now be the basis or the standard therapy in all these countries. And in the meantime, we have developed a new protocol, which is called Interfant 06, that started in 2006 in several of the countries and other countries still have to start. But in the new protocol, the published data are now the, the standard therapy. And on top of that, we try to improve again therapy further for these infants. So it now has become the standard treatment in all these participating countries. And let's say kind of side effect, if you want to call it like that, a side effect of this collaboration is that because of this collaboration, now we are able to study all kinds of other therapy improvements because not a single country was capable of doing that because of the low numbers of, of infants with ALL. So luckily it's a rare disease, but the problem is then that you can never improve your therapy because you're never sure whether your data are better than before because the numbers are so small. And because of this this large collaboration now, we are very happy that this can lead to many, many studies trying to improve therapy further. That sounds like very good news. Rob Peters, thank you very much indeed. And you can read the full paper on the Interfant 99 study in this week's issue of The Lancet. So that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. So until next week, bye for now.